everybody. Welcome into the podcast where yesterday it was Father's Day. And so we naturally talked about the time when Jesus said that he will bring division to families, <laughs> turn father against son, and son against father. Uh, I don't pick these things. We just pick books of the Bible and we go through it. And we happen to be in Luke 12, verses 49 through 59, where Jesus says, Do you think I have come to bring peace? No, he has come to bring division. The parallel scripture in Matthew 10, he says that he has come to bring the sword. Right, And there are some uh, implications here for us that I, that I want to talk about a bit. I do want to just share it kind of personally. Uh, I didn't enjoy teaching this scripture. Um, that's, maybe, that's maybe wrong, but it felt like a scripture that I would rather have talked to everybody about personally, like one-on-one. In case, you know, first that they're already kind of living in that division and disunity because of their faith, and we know that many are. Uh, and two, just to walk through people, hey, are, are there some ramifications here where we have put relationships above truly following Jesus? Okay, well, that's probably idolatry. I don't know what else we would call that. And so how can we be wise and gracious in those relationships while still being true and obedient to Jesus. And so there's just some ramifications here. I only say that right now is, you know, if by the end of this very brief podcast, you know, you kind of think, well, wait, I, there is something I need to do about this. Um, you know, talk to somebody. Don't feel like I said that I think this scripture means that many of us have, there's a price to be paid, but I, I did not want people to feel like they needed to pay that price on their own. And so I think this is a scripture we want to work, work through together and also work out the implications of it together as well. And so if you have questions or just things you feel like, okay, I do need to do something different, um, talk to somebody. Talk to me, talk to Pastor Jason, talk to somebody else that you trust and um, and can help you. And, um, and let's do that together. Don't feel like you have to carry the weight of it on your own. And, and what we talked about with the scripture and Jesus saying how he's come to, to bring division, um, we recognize Jesus doesn't come just to create kind of a faux peace right? He, he comes to bring wholeness and fullness, to bring reconciliation between broken and sinful men and a holy, perfect, and loving God. And so that is going to mean not, I said, like passing out Jesus koozies and becoming popular and well-liked. No, it means he's going to be calling people's attention to their rebellion against God. He's going to be saying to be reconciled, it has, you need to come through me. And so Jesus is incredibly uh, decisive. Like his presence, who he is, like it's, it's final, it's conclusive. And that's very different than our culture where we have multiple options all the time. Like maybe there's a plan B, there's contingencies, there's backup plans. And then with Jesus, it's like, nope, that's it. There's no other savior. There's no other source of life and salvation. There's no safety net here. It's just Jesus. And wherever something is that decisive, like it, it's uncomfortable and it's going to put us at odds with those that disagree and that come to a different place. And so recognizing that, we have to be able to still be true to truth. Right, And we can't just set it aside because it's difficult or because it's going to lead in to some division. Um, and, and what really hit me was there's a, a story from Ezekiel 13, and this is about 600 years before 
the time of Jesus. But Ezekiel's a prophet to the southern kingdom of Israel, also called Judah, and uh, they've been rebellious. They've worshipped other gods, and so God allows Babylon to come against them. They lay siege to Jerusalem, and they take many Israelites back in exile to Babylon. And so in Ezekiel 13, God is talking to Ezekiel, who's been taking to, taken to Babylon, and he's saying how upset he is with these false prophets that are telling those still in Jerusalem who are left behind that everything's fine, that they don't need to worry about anything, the threat from Babylon is, is gone, and this isn't true. right? The people don't repent even though they should. They don't, and so 10 years later, around 587 B.C., the Babylonians come back, they siege again, and this time they totally destroy the city and everything in it. Right? Judgment comes, and the people aren't ready. Why? Because the prophets have lied to them. They have told them there is peace when there is not peace. And the people pay the price for their dishonesty. Right now, I get why the prophets made up that story or why that was the message they created. You look at the Old Testament, most of the prophets died. They're killed. Oh, they all died. But most of them are killed, right, by kings because kings don't want to be told how to rule by anybody, including God. They don't want to be told how to to live. And so when these prophets would come with the words from God, if they weren't what the king wanted to hear, they'd they just kill them. And so you can see why these false prophets would create a message that would be well-received, right? The people would like to hear it. They'd probably make the prophets popular. But then when judgment came, they were unprotected, and they were vulnerable, and they paid the price. And we recognize that judgment is coming for all of us. Right? The Bible's super clear on that. And so... With judgment coming, like we have to tell the truth so that we are all prepared because our only hope when judgment comes, we acknowledge that we are all sinful. We all have things in our life that we have to answer for. Right? Nobody is more or less sinful than anybody else. The only hope any of us have is that when judgment comes, Jesus is right there beside us, advocating for us, pointing to the wound in his side, showing the wounds in his hands that say that, hey, they're sinful, but the punishment has been paid. The sentence has been served. Like They're free. They're holy. They can come into the presence of God. That's our only hope. And we have to be honest about that, even if it's not easy, even if it's not what people want to hear. I think that's where the scripture gets tough is that we have to acknowledge that the presence of Jesus just demands something from us. It demands that we plant our flag somewhere. And we recognize that if we kind of choose not to plant our flag with Jesus, that that's making a decision, right? That that is, it may seem like we're just leaving our options open, but no, that's just denying Jesus. And so some... Uh, even our church family are, are living in that division, that disunity, like within their home, where they're following Jesus, uh, maybe a spouse isn't, children aren't, whatever it is, and, and so there's division, and that's hard. I don't have an answer for that. I wish I did. Um, but they're paying a price for their faith. Others of us have at times probably chosen to create kind of a faux peace by not fully following Jesus the way that we're supposed to because of a relationship. That's not okay. And again, that's hard. There's dynamics there that I'm sure are complicated for everybody. 
Um, but again, that's how, how is that not idolatry to put a relationship over truly following Jesus? Right? And so as we look at the scripture, there's Jesus goes in and he talks to the people about how, hey, when you guys see the clouds in the west, like you know it's going to rain. When you feel the wind from the south, you know it's going to get hot. And yet you look at me, you look at my miracles, bring people back from the dead, and, and you won't acknowledge who I, I am. And we here on the other side of the crucifixion and resurrection and ascension, like we know more. Like we know what Jesus did and who he was we have scripture that tells us all this we can see that this movement that was ignited by this small group of followers who just knew they had to go tell the world about this Jesus who rose from the dead even though they probably knew they were going to die and most of them did like we have all this additional information we know more we have to make a decision with it like that has to bring us to something we have to plant our flag somewhere I think this scripture kind of tells us that Jesus knows that may be hard. But we have to stand for truth. We have to follow truth and we have to respond to truth. So it is a um, it's a powerful scripture. Um, it demands something of us. Like I said, there might be a price to be paid by some of us if we're really obedient to it. Um, don't feel like you have to pay that on your own. Right? Talk to someone, um, could be me, whoever else, um, but work through it with other people. Um, but in the end, recognize that Jesus does bring peace. Right, We may be concerned with, well, now wait a second, I thought that he was like the Prince of Peace, that he came to bring peace on earth. What's all this division, disunity talk? But he doesn't bring a faux peace. Right? This isn't like a fake nice thing that he's bringing he is bringing us into reconciliation to god and there will be a day where that's all there is where there is only peace between man and god uh, between man and one another um, but we're not there yet and so we have these hard scriptures that we need to pray through and lean on each other through and uh and i hope that you will and so uh with that uh, next week we'll be on to something um, a little bit different and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you and until that time Um, Love you guys. Take care and have a great week. Our Father who art in heaven.